0: Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about the Build Something Weekly newsletter. It is weekly, it is free, and you will get tips, tricks, and tools delivered directly to your mailbox. I will recap the current week's episode and all of the takeaways. I'll give you a top story, content I wrote, and then some recommendation that I've been using that I think you should check out. So it is free, it is weekly, it's over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Go ahead and sign up over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Welcome to episode 194 of How I Built It. This episode is brought to you by Yes Please, iThemes, and Hostinger. Jace Rodley has a lot going on. In fact, since we recorded this episode, he stepped down from his company Rank Defender to run Dialed Labs. His energy and drive are apparent in this interview where we talk about making resource sites and making money with those resource sites. Essentially, he tells us how to make content to fill a demand and generate a little bit of money along the way. I even put him on the spot and had him help me through an idea during the episode. That was not planned. I felt a little bad, but not really. Jace is a pro, so he helped me out, and I think that's a really interesting part of the episode. So listen for that and more, and let me know what ideas you come up with. All right, we'll get to all of that in a minute, but let's hear a word from our first sponsor. Sponsor. Hey, everybody, this episode is brought to you by Yes, Please Coffee. You've heard me talk about them all summer long, and now we're into the fall. Upgrade your morning with Yes, Please. Yes, Please is a fantastic coffee subscription. Uh, So they send freshly roasted beans to your door. And as somebody who's been using it for about six months now, maybe five months, Uh, I can say that this works like gangbusters. Coffee just shows up to my door. I have not had to worry about buying coffee in a long time. And, and, you know, my wife and I all do that because I have like a little analysis paralysis with coffee. I like to try new coffee. Um, So I usually tell her not to get it from the grocery store. I want to order some. Uh, And... Sometimes we'll run out. Maybe we had a party. Maybe we didn't order enough. Maybe we made like two pots one day instead of the normal one pot. But uh, we were running out of coffee. I don't have to worry about that with Yes, Please. They tick all the boxes because not only do they send me a new bag every week, uh, but each week I get to try a new blend of flavors. So it helps me mix it up a little bit. I don't have to say oh, I really want to try a new kind of coffee. I get a new kind of coffee every week. It's generally on the lighter side. There are hints of, of fruit in a lot of them, and I'm not like a coffee expert, but uh, that's what I have detected. So uh, I love it. I've been loving Yes, Please! coffee for, uh, again, all summer. It helped me get through uh, finishing up my, my HTML book. It helped me get through... Uh, two LinkedIn Learning courses that I recorded, and it has helped me stay awake since the birth of my son Lewis. So, if you are ready to upgrade your mornings with unique blends of coffee beans, sign up for Yes Please Coffee today. You can head over to HowIBuilt. It/slash Yes and use the code HIBI for five bucks off your first shipment in your subscription. And don't worry, you can skip shipments or cancel anytime. Again, that is howIbuilt.it/slash yes. And use the code HIBI for $5 off fantastic, delicious coffee beans shipped right to you. Again, that's howIbuilt.it/slash yes. And now back to the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, How did you build that today? I am here with my guest, Jace Rodley. He is the CEO of Rank Defender. And we're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff today around SEO, content marketing, coming up with ideas for content. And we talked about making resource sites for fun and money. I love fun and money. So maybe we can touch on that too. Jace, thanks for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks very much for having me.
0: My pleasure. So, uh, well, I just gave an intro about some of the stuff we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Okay, Um, I am an ordinary internet marketer guy. Uh, So I make uh, websites number one in Google, and that's that's pretty much the summary. Um, So I've kind of done every level of SEO, I suppose. I'm really into the tech side, so I obsess over the the um, how well optimized the website is from a technical point of view but content is really my background content production keyword research and uh yeah that's that's pretty much me
0: awesome well as a web developer myself and someone who focuses on making good websites i'm also a bit obsessed with the tech side um so why don't we why don't we start there um if if you don't mind, I know we didn't we didn't talk about that at all in the pre-show. But um, what can somebody do to make sure their website is up to snuff as far as the technical side goes for SEO?
1: Um, I guess there's so many different elements. You know, I don't want to just rattle off a list on your mm-hmm. show, yeah. but there are so many tools out there now that can help you to do like I guess you could say the eighty twenty of of technical SEO. So. It doesn't really matter which SEO tool you're using at the moment. Uh, A lot of the the SaaS based products, so like Hrefs and SEMrush, they've all got website auditors built in now and they will do simple things like uh, checking for broken links and making sure that all pages are indexable. I mean, there are so many different factors that Mm. again, I don't want to give you a laundry list. but. if you use one of those tools and you fix those issues, you will do the the bulk of the work nowadays. Um, there are some locally hosted tools you can use, so uh, Screaming Frog SEO Spider and Website Auditor by SEO Power Suite are, are kind of my favourites. And then, in addition to that, you have a whole. I, I would say like. The new focus nowadays—you know—a few years ago, everyone was crazy. It was like mobile-first or mobile-friendly websites and responsive websites was like a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, like if you if you don't have a mobile-friendly website by now, I don't even think you're trying.
0: Yeah, right. Um,
1: well, I would say that the you know maybe the last major change was website security, making sure that your website's secure. From my perspective, what been happening the last couple of years, and what's probably going to become more and more important in, in the next few years is performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so Google has a really great tool, um, well, there's, there's a tool bu- built into Chrome called Lighthouse, and then there's also a website called web.dev, and that has this measure tool built in that you can use to, to measure mostly performance, but also accessibility.
0: Awesome. That sounds great. And if I can uh, just shamelessly plug my new book right now, uh, HTML and CSS as a Visual Quick Start uh, Guide, I talk about all three of those things, right? Uh, Site security, performance, uh, and accessibility. I think that uh, you hit on some really important topics that you're right are going to be the next big focus um, because a few years ago it was mobile sites And like you said, if you don't have a mobile site now, you're like not even trying. Um, Because even if you use like Squarespace or Wix or some pre, uh, some like template website builder, those are all responsive, right? Like those are all they all have mobile friendly templates.
1: Yeah, I mean, for someone like myself who has been building websites forever, I kind of hate them because I can't do enough with them. Mm -hmm. But you, if for a small business owner. They're pretty great. Like to be able to just off the shelf, it ticks enough of the boxes to work. I mean, you didn't have that option. You know, if you rewind ten years ago, you didn't have that option. So,
0: it's, yeah, uh, for sure, yeah,
1: things are changing for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My sister in law has a, a salon. She asked me to build her a website, and I was like, "Nope." <laughs> I was like, "Go to Squarespace." I'm like, "You're not gonna pay me what I think I should be paid. We're gonna we're gonna be at each other's throats by the end of it." Just use Squarespace. It'll make your life much easier. And even like, you know, I have a few clients that I've had for a long time that um, don't have the biggest budgets, but with WordPress and a page builder like Beaver Builder, I can do 80, 80% of what I need to do with the page builder. And then I'll throw in some HTML, CSS, and custom stuff for the last 20%. But it really cuts down on the budget for them too. So um, it's it's definitely something that web developers or small business owners could take advantage of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is to, to some extent why we set up Rank Defender is I, I have a lot of websites for myself. So I guess, you know, hopefully we'll talk about this later is yeah. is uh, making websites for money. And I have websites that I don't really think too much about every day. And they just, they just kind of get neglected if I don't pay attention to them. And so I set up Rank Defender because I want to be able to hand off to, to a team who's keeping these things maintained and making sure that like if links break they're getting fixed um, making sure that it's getting sort of upgraded to the latest standard whatever that standard is so it's yeah I, I think sometimes people think SEO is a little bit set and forget and but it's really a, a bit of a moving target you know it's like an ad campaign if you neglect an ad campaign for long enough like a PPC campaign you end up paying crazy amounts on you know, that keyword worked last year, but this year it doesn't. So it's it's kind of the same deal.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's such an important thing to think about because I think we're all kind of looking for that. How can I sit on a beach and make money, right? That four hour work week that Tim Ferriss talked about, but definitely doesn't adhere to because his podcast alone is four hours. Um, not to knock Tim Ferriss, obviously, he's doing something right that I'm not doing. But, um, you know, I think that the ideas behind the book are being taken literally by some people and that tangent is to to point out what you said SEO is not set and forget is important i talk about the same thing's with courses right people think that like making an online course will be passive income it's not passive income you have people who are trying to learn um and and they might need you and so um managing those expectations is so important from the outset
1: yeah I mean, I don't want to kind of spread the story too too far across all these different random businesses that I run, but um, my one of my latest businesses is investing in websites on be- well operating websites on behalf of investors. So we have we we're only kind of starting off small, but we have a million in uh, assets at this point in time, and that is exactly with what you're saying is is the motivation for me to set this up is I've realized that I can build these different types of websites. It's, it's maybe not easy to build, but I guess I've spent time learning how to build them. And I have a system for building them and maintaining them myself. But the issue with being like a one-man business is when I die, what happens? Yeah, so I, I have a son. I have a two-year-old son and, uh, and my wife, obviously. And I mean, it, it's on my mind now is my the way that I look at business has changed. And nowadays it's more along the lines of like, so what happens if I die? And, uh, you know, maybe maybe a little bit morbid, but I know other people that are the same. They're, they're like, they like the idea of investing in these types of websites, but they don't want to, they, they want it to be passive. Mm-hmm. But I think they're sold as passive, like certain brokers and, and the way people talk about this stuff on the internet is very much like the four hour work week it's so good you just get to like chill but it's really not the case and so without the system to take care of it you know it it's going to eventually fade out i mean you can you can be lucky and have some websites and they just keep earning for for quite a while but they all pretty much end up fading out if you don't do something to them so yeah for for me in in everything i do now i'm like well how can i how can i actually have a system to take care of of uh what i've built and really the funny thing is i've taken this from the four hour work week like i i read it i think i read that for the first time maybe i don't even know a decade ago or like yeah. 15 years ago <clears throat> and i read it again last year and it, everything just clicked in a completely different way my understanding was completely different this time around
0: interesting Maybe, you know maybe I'll maybe I'll pick it up again. I read it and I was like, well, this sounds outlandish already. Like, cause he starts with like, I just ate my twelfth cupcake in an hour or whatever. And I'm like, dude, yeah, like, what are you talking about? But um, maybe it's time for me to revisit it because you know, same. I have two kids now. I'm thinking about how is this business going to continue to support my family. My wife is a nurse and she maybe wants to drop down to part time or. Stop working to raise the kids. I fully support that as long as you know I we can financially and with insurance and stuff like that. So perhaps it's something worth reading.
1: Well, I'm not sure if this exactly came from the book. Um, however, I'm just loading up my Trello board quickly. Nice. so this is pretty much what I pulled from the book. These are my notes from the book. Eliminate, simplify, automate, process, and delegate.
0: This episode is brought to you by iThemes. Uh, Now, did you know that 60% of website breaches occur because of a vulnerability that could have been patched but wasn't? That means that having software with known vulnerabilities installed on your site gives hackers the blueprint they need to take over your site. And every day, it gets harder and harder to keep track of every disclosed WordPress vulnerability. In fact, just recently, there was a huge vulnerability uh, that affected something like a million sites uh, that was uh, overlooked or maybe just wasn't patched quick enough. And if you don't follow the WordPress news, then you wouldn't know. Right? I get a bunch of WordPress newsletters. That's how I knew. But not everybody does that. Well, to solve that problem, the iThemes Security Pro plugin, the iThemes Security Pro plugin created a better way to protect your sites against software vulnerabilities. That is the number one culprit of compromised WordPress websites. And let me tell you, I have been using iThemes Security Pro on lots of my websites, they come included with uh, my hosting provider. And it does a lot more than just scan and patch vulnerabilities. It adds brute force protection. If somebody's trying to brute force my website, I get notifications of lockouts and IP addresses and things like that. It includes two-factor authentication and passwordless logins. And it even has compromised password protection as well as a whole lot more designed to keep you and your website safe and your customer's information safe. If you have an e-commerce website or just a website with user information on it, right? That's super important these days. So to sum up the iThemes security pro plugin designed to keep your website safe without you having to worry about it, checks for the latest vulnerabilities, patches them automatically so you don't have to and does a whole lot more you can get this plugin by going over to howibuilt.it slash iThemes and uh, they'll give How I Built It customers 20% off with the code howibuiltit at checkout that's howibuilt.it slash iThemes to get the best WordPress security plugin to secure and protect your WordPress site make sure to use I Built It at checkout to get 20% off. All right, and now back to the show. So you've talked about this a couple times already, and I I just want to jump to it. Um, making resource websites for fun and money was something that you mentioned, investing and operating in websites. This is something I tried to do a couple of years ago. Uh, my friend and friend of the show, uh, Shannon Schaefer, she was on earlier this year, um, did something very similar with a website where it was, it just generated a bunch of affiliate income essentially for her. She found the right niche and she sold it for a for some amount of money, uh, some undisclosed amount of money, and um, she's moved on from that. And I thought about doing the same thing, and I set up a website because I can do that quickly. And then when it came to producing the content or. Coming up with a strategy, I kind of fell flat and I started focusing on other things. So let's let's talk about building a resource site. And maybe you could start with like defining it, because maybe I've set the wrong expectation here. But um how would you build something like that and how do you run it?
1: Okay. Um so when I say a resource site, yeah. You know, F for, for me, that's just like a fun term for um being the, being the ultimate source. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Wikipedia is awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine if Wikipedia didn't exist today and you were like, man, I, I'm going to create this, like, it's going to be Wikipedia. I mean, to, to have that yourself and to build that from scratch. And I guess that's more of a community-driven site, but it's probably the go-to mm-hmm. for... For most people on most topics, like if Google didn't exist and you had to go to a website, I think most people would probably be like, "Yeah, I'd use Wikipedia a lot." Mm-hmm. And that's what I try and I try and replicate that idea on a really on a very specific tight niche. So I have some location-based websites, um, like some immigration-based websites. Uh, purely because I'm just like a tax nerd and and yeah. I live overseas. I've like had to research moving overseas myself. Um, so I've kind of researched the possibility of living in a lot of different countries. And so I just started building websites because it was interesting. Um, I have like sports-based websites because I'm into sports and and just other random hobbies that usually through my research process, I just write about things because that's, that's how I take notes uh, whenever I'm researching. And then I've, I'm just so used to building websites now that it's it's easy for me to, well, maybe not easy, but uh, it's fun for me to turn that into a website. So when I'm when I'm building a website, though, and when I'm planning out the structure of a website and planning out all of the content, what I'm the most interested in is writing about what people want. And I think... I mean, if you think of this in the business sense, if you are selling a product that is in demand, it's relatively easy to sell. As long as it's priced correctly, you know, and you put it in front of those people that, that want it, it's, it's your life is so much easier. I have tried to sell products that no one wants, and mm-hmm. it's like, it's a yeah, banging your head on the wall. So I try and do the same thing with content now is why put. I mean, in some cases, I might pay, I mean, I pay hundreds of dollars for the right piece of content. I have, I have writers who I work with and I'll, I'll pay good money for really great content, but I'm not going to pay hundreds of dollars for a piece of content that no one will ever see. So my goal is to get as much value out of that content as possible, as much as much revenue out of that content as possible. And I think that's the mistake a lot of people make when they're building websites is they don't They kind of produce what they feel is important to tell, but they're not necessarily producing what people want to read or need to read. So as an SEO, I just go like I'm just straight to keyword research. Um, I'm interested in what are people searching for. Um, And as long as you have a tight niche, you can can create a plan that just, I, I, I use the word domination a lot. And I think it's the best way to go with SEO is don't try and just talk about some of the topics, talk about all of the topics. Um, That doesn't work if you're on a tight budget and you're planning a website on like tennis, because obviously there's a lot of topics on tennis, but if you... you know, an expert on, I don't know enough about tennis, so I'm going to, I can't come up with a good example, but, um, Tennis courts in the
0: Midwest or whatever, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean,
1: that's, that's a pretty tight niche. Like I imagine that there's, I don't know, maybe there's, you don't want a certain type of surface because it's really expensive to to water that grass.
0: Yeah. Right. You know,
1: and, and like, there are fewer topics so then you can become an, like a micro authority if you want. Yeah. So
0: I'm a, can I just I switched from my regular show notes app to my field notes notebook because now I'm writing ideas that you're giving me. Um, so, so maybe so. Okay, actually, I want you to finish this thought, right? Because this is like coming up with the idea for for a resource site. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, so I use Href's religiously. Um, there are tons of different SEO tools you can use, and tons of different keyword research tools you can use. So when people are on like. A crazy budget, or if I speak with people who are just kind of getting started in this whole this whole industry, I think people can get caught up a little bit with with search volume. You know, the honest truth of search volume is that no one knows. Um, so you can pay a lot of money for hrefs to tell you the wrong thing. Um, and you can prove hrefs wrong uh, all the time. That's not to say that it's not a, a valuable guide. It's totally a, a valuable guide. Um, but if you don't have any money, I mean, there there are tools around. Um, so can I swear?
0: Uh, I'm probably going to beep it, but you can swear if you want to.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, there's a, there's a cool website called keywordshitter.com. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you just type in like a seed keyword and it just goes nuts. It just like, it'll just spit out thousands of keywords. Um, and you know, there's there's like tons of little tools like that on the internet that you don't have to pay for and it can, you know, href saves you a lot of time. That's that's the summary. I mean, that's why people like myself pay for it is because, you know, when you start pricing your time in a certain way, um, it, it just makes sense. Yeah. But if you're on a crazy budget um, and you don't want to spend on a keyword tool like that, I mean, there, there's tons of free options. You can literally scroll to the bottom of a search result page and take the keywords that Google has suggested. I mean, at the bottom of every page, they're like, did you, did you mean to search for, you know, maybe these terms are better. And that's, they're telling you those terms because that's what other people are looking for when they search for that initial seed term.
2: Yeah. So
1: I just, I mean, my, my process is to just brainstorm and just spit out everything. And then I, I reduce and I reduce and I reduce. So I mean, actually, going back to number two in that list is simplify. I I love to simplify. Um, I think my default mode in my brain is to make things complex, and so I have to tell myself like, okay, this is crazy. Make it easier. Make it easier. Make it easier. And ever since I've kind of embraced that way of doing business, things is, things have become a lot, a lot easier. A lot. I've I've become more successful. So, um, my goal with with these resource websites is to have as few pages as possible. So it's kind of ironic that I'm telling you dominate, dominate your niche and become the authority but actually create as little content as possible. Um, but you can do both. So it's, you, you want each piece of content to be like super, super potent and to cover every single topic.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. We, uh, I had a guest on the show recently. His name is um, Dave Shrine, and he talked about the idea of a pillar page. Um, and this was a totally new concept to me, right? I've kind of taken the more uh, Seth Godin approach to blogging, I guess, where like I blog a few paragraphs about a thing. Um, but he said like these pillar pages should have like thousands, maybe tens of thousands of words on them. Um and he was talking about a sales page for marketing so maybe it's a little bit different but um you know it's i think it's interesting you have a really to have a really potent piece of content so um I'm I'm going to pick an idea that I just quickly scribbled down here I'm a cigar guy um okay. so let's say I wanted to create a resource site on um cigars for people who have been smoking cigars for 10 years, right? Like maybe they're, or five years, maybe they're not beginners, but they're not, um, like the old guy in the cigar shop. What kind of, like, what kind of content and not subject matter wise, but like long form videos, short form, what kind of content should I be writing for this website?
1: All right. So a caveat for you is that I'm like a written content guy. Okay. Okay. So even the way I consume content on the internet, like I listen to a couple of podcasts a week, but I'm not listening to podcasts all day. And I watch maybe one informational video per month. So I'm like a dinosaur. Um, (laughs) I love written content. Like I'll read blog posts. I know it's inefficient, but I'll read blog posts all day long because I love it. So, okay. But if I'm thinking down the track of what I would produce for that website, And I don't know anything about cigars, but I mean, if I was going to look into that topic, first of all, I would be like, well, what different types of cigars are there? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you could easily find a, like a cigar, a topic that would be along the lines of like, which cigar is right for you. Um, I don't know what the keyword would be. That's probably Mm -hmm. the wrong type of keyword. Um, It could be like a cigar buyer's guide. Mm -hmm. And Already in that, I mean, how many, different, how many different categories of cigars would you say they are?
0: Well, they could be categorized by flavor profile, to like where the tobacco's grown, size, shape. All of those are going to affect the smoke, uh, the smoking experience. So how long they've been aged. Um, but most people will look at how strong they are, mild, medium, full. Um, the where the tobacco is grown, and then the, the the shape and size. All right, so this is like a free consulting session for me almost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so so let's say let's say we've got the buyer's guide, which might just be or or, or a which which cigar is right for me article. Mm-hmm. Then we can easily have a a flavor profile guide. I don't, again, I don't know what the keyword would yeah. be, so I'm using the wrong terms, but it would be like a general guide that discusses all the flavor profiles. And I think you can you can talk in fair detail about each flavor profile. And in that, you can then link off to a specific flavor profile. And again, my gut feeling is the cigar market is large enough that you would have, like what's one of the flavor profiles? Uh, cocoa. Okay, I'm. I'm just doing a quick search now.
0: Oh, uh, thank you. I didn't realize I'd be putting you on the spot like this so much. No, uh, it's cool. Yeah. I don't
1: mind. Yeah, I always do this type of things. Yeah, like cocoa cigar, like chocolate flavored cigars.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. That's yeah. Like hints of cocoa is usually how it's described.
1: I mean, this is the thing, right? Is that's how you that's how you describe it, and for me, the goal, like the I've learned so much about marketing when I realized. I am like I don't know what my audience wants, Mm -hmm. and when you start to get into this process of researching, 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 like I'm only doing like super high level research, but from what I'm discovering, people are probably more likely searching for chocolate flavored, okay, as opposed to cocoa. I'm sure if you keep digging, you'll find more cocoa stuff, but it may be that although you're used to using the term cocoa, maybe that's like. What your part of the world refers to it as, and actually the rest of the u s like you know in a different region, they kind of refer to it in a different way, yep. there's all these different things that, and I just try and come in with no bias
0: right right and right. Uh,
1: and let the keywords tell me tell me what uh people are searching for yeah
0: and but I any- mean and that's an excellent point though, right, because I have been smoking cigars for uh like a third of my life at this point, I guess, like oh definitely over a decade um and uh I know for the most part the terminology, right? But if I'm if I'm aiming at somebody who's maybe smoked a few cigars and wants to get into it more, maybe they don't know that cocoa is a flavor profile.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um you know, and sometimes when people are describing things for the first time, they're kind of working with words that are familiar to them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they kind of haven't become part of that you know, they're not part of the scene yet. Yeah. So if they're a beginner, they're like, "Well, what does it taste like? Oh, I guess it's chocolatey." Yeah right. Um, you know, and 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 when they get more educated, they'll, they'll use the term cocoa, right? Because I guess that's more sophisticated. But in the early days, like they're just working with with what they know. Yeah. So you've got your flavor profile. That would be like a a fairly authoritative article that just talks about all the flavors, and then you can easily write an article on each of the flavors. Okay. Um, where it's grown is an awesome one. I can totally see how that will work because. Um, and actually, fun fact for you, Andorra's, I think one of Andorra's largest imports uh, is tobacco. Uh, sorry, one, one of the Andorra's largest exports and imports, funnily. Really? Way. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so they grow pretty bad quality tobacco here, as I understand it, because the cigarette industry sells a lot of cigarettes here um, because of the low sales tax. Interesting. But before they can import cigarettes, they have to export. But they have to sell all of the locally grown tobacco here, so it's kind of like a little money making. Oh
0: money wow!
1: Scheme. The where it's grown article. I mean, you can talk about all of the all of the different com- countries, but I'm sure that you could easily write an authoritative article on each country yeah. and maybe the type of tobacco they're known for and the cigars that they produce. Um, similarly, with size and shape, I mean, all of everything you've rattled off is like enough. Enough seed topics to to kick off the research. Good pun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so I produce a spreadsheet. I, I spit out a spreadsheet. Um, I everything goes into into Notepad at first. Um, I'm just like text nerd, just smashing out text, copy paste, copy paste, and then I organise that all into a spreadsheet. And every single row is a page. Or, and when I say page, that could be a blog post, that could be on an e-commerce site, that might be like a product.
0: Mm-hmm. Every row um, is essentially its own URL.
1: Exactly. And um, and then some of those pages will have, some of those might only have like two keywords. Some of them might have 10 or more that I'm trying to rank for. Um, and I, I think that's where things have changed a lot in SEO is... Back when I started, it was very much one page per per keyword, and now things have totally changed where I mean I have some pages I have some websites where probably a hundred or so keywords are bringing traffic to that page it's wow. just because every there are so many very similar terms that people use to talk about the same topic, and Google's so much smarter with understanding like topics versus Versus keywords, yeah. You know, I think uh, people, some people haven't quite got out of the mindset of keywords, and they don't realize that humans understand topics, right? And search engines aren't too far away, so
0: yeah, that's really interesting, right? Because I, I use a popular SEO plugin for my WordPress site, and I used to be very, we'll say, diligent about filling out the keyword and making sure that all the, that it's all green dots or whatever. And, and then I started to wonder like, is this really, is this really helping me? And, and I kind of stopped doing that because I was like, all right, I'll, I'll put in the the key phrase or the keyword I'm trying to rank for, but I I want to write good readable content, right? Like based on topic instead. and And focusing on the green dots is maybe not the best use of my time.
1: Yeah. I think that was a great way to to train people into mm-hmm. thinking about these key elements. So um, I think that plugin did a lot of good yeah. for, for a, quite a long time. Yeah, And, um, and
0: don't get me wrong. I should say that they do, I mean, we're talking about Yoast SEO and they still do great work. I, I read their blog regularly and I love their advice, but uh, I think for a while I trained myself to focus on the wrong thing that they were trying to teach. I'll put it that way.
1: Yeah, and I think in some ways, they've been kind of uh, unteaching that.
0: Yeah, you right. know, If
1: you read yeah. a lot of their stuff, they're like, you know, this is a guide. Take right. it as a guide. That's all right. it is. And and that's the kind of, I mean, that's, that's another part that I use in my process is Google's really transparent. Well, no, they're really <laughs> opaque in some ways, but they're right. really transparent in other ways. I mean, yeah. you know what ranks, right? I mean, yeah. you, you know what's on page one. Um, And you don't want to copy what's on page one, but part of my process is analyzing the page or the piece of content, whatever that I've produced, or that maybe I've produced a few years ago and that content's gone out of date and it needs updating. And I analyze that against what's on page one of Google and really the top few results in Google. And it'll tell me things like my original piece of content is now way too long and you need to shorten Mm. this content. Like you wrote three and a half thousand words and actually now everything that's ranking is 2000 words or you're missing, you know, maybe I've written about cigars and I've written about cocoa flavored cigars and I haven't mentioned the shape you like, and, and there's like clear words, there's clear terms that are missing. Um, and that's, you know, that's actually important to include. And so, and everything that's ranking includes the word shape. Um, so, yeah, you can't there's there's a lot of general rules but you would really need to know that that's a general rule that's it yeah, that's, right. that's all it is.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I Absolutely. think
1: SEO is SEO in most cases is becoming at least in competitive niches is becoming so competitive that general rules don't work anymore.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hostinger. Hosting is a dime a dozen these days, with lots of places claiming to be optimized for platforms like WordPress, while also being affordable. But they don't deliver on that promise. I know because I've tried a bunch of different hosting companies. But you know who does deliver? Hostinger does. I recently started using Hostinger for a personal project, and I was blown away by how easy the setup was and how affordable their packages are. Just a few dollars a month. They offer the best price to quality ratio I've ever seen. And again, I've used a ton of hosting companies. Their dashboard is well designed and easy to use. They offer a free domain and SSL certification. And they're optimized for WordPress. Music to my ears. When I set up my site, I was happy to see they put some real thought into the WordPress onboarding and setup process buying a domain was easy then you pick the template you want to use and they set up the site for you in mere minutes plus they use astra for all of their site templates with an assist for elementor so i know the site will be fast i think that is such a great idea and addition Uh, and uh, again it shows that they really thought about what they're doing here Plus, they have caching, and you can very affordably add Cloudflare for a CDN. Between that and daily backups and being able to manage WordPress plugins without having to log into the WordPress dashboard, I was sold. So if you're looking for affordable hosting for your side project or business that's fast, secure, and optimized for WordPress, Hostinger is it. Head over to Hostinger.com slash Casabona to see what plans they offer. I recommend the business shared plan. And use the code Casabona for an additional discount. That's Hostinger.com slash Casabona, H-O-S-T-I-N-G-E-R.com slash Casabona, And use the code Casabona at checkout. Thanks to Hostinger for sponsoring the show. And let's get back to it. As we come up on time here, uh, so we talked about building out the content, figuring out what to do. Full disclosure, by the way, uh, Ahrefs has been mentioned. They are a previous sponsor of the show, and they'll be linked in the show notes. Um, but uh, um, And I'll also link to my interview with with Joost DeValk, too. He was like one of the first guests on the show. Um, so let's talk about the the making money side of it. How how would I monetize a site? We don't have to talk about cigars. If that's like, I know some sites have like affiliate programs, but is it like straight AdSense or is it affiliate programs? Is it some combination? Is it something I'm missing? Um,
1: everything. So you know, for the resource resource sites, I'm talking about. I have sites that. I mean affiliate. Traditional affiliate is kind of, it's easy, but you really need to understand control. You have none. <laughs> yeah. It's simple. Um, so I think affiliate is great and I love affiliate, but you need to be very aware that, that um, you're making money. It's good when you're making money, basically. Right, right. Um, and that, that can go, that could be turned off at any time. Yeah. The important thing to remember is you still own traffic and that traffic is valuable. And I think this is what people forget. So this is why I love investing in websites is because uh, you can buy an affiliate website, um, especially an affiliate website after the commissions have been slashed and you can get it for a good price. And maybe a certain type of ad network can make more money than it was making before. Um, maybe you can strike up a direct deal with a brand that is very closely related to it. I mean, you know, if you take your cigar example, Maybe there aren't any good affiliate programs, but if you contact a high-quality cigar like cigar seller in the US and mm. say, I have a website, it gets 100,000 sessions a month, these people are like super keen, it's very transactional content, do you want to advertise on my website? They will most, I mean, few businesses would say no to that, right. especially if it's in their favor.
0: Yeah.
1: I have a few different types of websites and depending on how they make money, there's kind of a different risk profile or a different profile for, um, how that revenue comes in. So affiliate, you know, affiliate through Amazon, for example, uh, well, Amazon associates mm-hmm. is kind of predictable. Um, it's more to do with seasonality. Um, certain products might earn in earn better in certain times of year, you know, like a skiing website, it's pretty straightforward that right. people buy skis before ski season. Um, a summer you know like a home entertainment like an outdoor entertainment type website or maybe like pool toys people are going to be buying that in summer and then pretty much everything kind of ticks up for christmas doesn't right. really matter what niche you're in usually
0: right.
1: yeah you make good money at
0: christmas i and always so try to that, update my gift guides like november yeah. 1st around about then cuz they those they always kill it for the holidays yep yeah. so
1: i would say that you know you have websites like that where it's seasonality is probably the more important thing then you have other websites where it can be quite volatile so it's entirely based on traffic um, and sales um, so maybe there's like a super deal on at the time and you can push that and you can you can get like a big revenue boost but then that can go away or that affiliate program that you've made really great money from super, super large commissions for Six months or a year, they decide to close or they go they go bankrupt or you know whatever yeah. they, it's it's sort of fleeting, you know you have to be very adaptable and it's totally not passive I will say um, yeah and then the last one, which is kind of my favorite is is what I call rank and rent, which is you know I spent years trying to trying to set up a marketing agency and SEO SEO kind of sucks to sell to be honest. You're you're like, "Hey, you give me this money and in theory in 6 months, 12 months, you'll get results." People are like, "I don't know, it's pretty risky. I mean, I can just pay Google today and get
0: clicks immediately." Right. And it's almost like a really expensive Kickstarter, right? Where it's like you pay yeah. today and then you get it like a year from now maybe. And and the
1: like the tricky thing is you don't have full control when it's their website anyway. So I mean, I used to do SEO for tech companies, you know, for like IT small IT companies and they always want to host the website themselves and um, no offense to their developers, but like, I mean, quite often there would be in situations where they'd make a change because I guess like their systems changed or they upgraded their systems and it was all locally hosted and they'd break a bunch of SEO stuff. And I'm tearing my hair out because I want to get them results. And it, it's almost like this predictable cycle of you begin to get results, they break something, you have to fix it. You begin to get results, they break something, you have to fix it. They fire you because they didn't get results. And um, so, I uh, I kind of I love this rank and rent model because you can rank a website, like build the website that you know is going to generate leads for a certain type of business, and then when it's number one in Google, give them a call and say, hey. I have a website. It's number one in Google. Do you want to be on it? And like the sales pitch is so much easier.
0: Yeah, you, you did. You did all the. You did all the work beforehand, and now it's, you're you're selling them the the result instead of selling them the solution to eventually get the result.
1: Exactly. So it's like, hey, there's no risk. Do you want to be number one? Um, and then they just pay on a monthly, month to month basis. To rent the website, all their contact details get changed over and they get all the leads they want.
0: Wow, that's so that's super interesting. So like, um, OK, so if we go back to the cigar example now, let's say you have created a site uh it's like bestcigarsever.com or whatever and you're ranking number 1 and then you reach out to me joe cigar company or joe cigar shop uh, and you say this is number 1 do you want to rent this website for however many months and then what and now i can put on my own lead magnet on there and stuff like that or whatever i want you can I
1: put want? your logo on there if you want oh. you can put your telephone number your email address i mean you do whatever you want um so one one thing that i love doing is um, with content marketing, it builds a lot of trust. I mean, I have my personal website. People contact me all the time and like, I just tell my life story on that website, right? Mm. I don't really, I'm not kind of, I don't, I'm not a hold it back type person. Yeah. And I was a little bit uncomfortable doing that at first until I realized like people send me their life story. Uh, And it's, it's actually super nice that they identify with me. There's so much trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps from like a, an SEO point of view. When I sell SEO, people contact me, and they're, you know, they'll they'll discover something about my life, and they'll be like, "Hey, I'm really into mountain biking as well. You know, this is cool. Um, can we talk SEO sometime?" And it just makes the sales process so much easier for myself because I'm a I'm a bit introverted, um, and I I try and kind of make this clear to people who are advertising on these websites is you're dealing with very warm leads. People, I mean, people are grateful for the content that you've produced, not that you have actually produced it. Right. Um, so, so what I do sometimes is I, I write, you know, I, I would put like Joe is the author of this article. Mm-hmm. And even though you haven't written it, um, it's kind of like Joe is the the expert on cigars. And, right. you know, Joe has been smoking for this long and, you know, he set up this business because he's so passionate about it and everything. Yeah. And people are like, oh, wow, I got to talk to this guy. So, yeah, it can be really cool. Yeah. I I find it works especially well for like service based mm -hmm. um, products where there's like a consultative sale.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, It's not so much for e commerce. Yeah. Like an auto body shop or something like that. Right. Where, you know, anything
1: really like auto body shop. I mean, even I'm sure developers, you know, (laughs) I'm always impressed when when devs have like really great websites, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Like, I mean, it's such a great. Yeah, but it's such a great uh lead gen um uh, system for your business because people know that this guy this guy really knows what he's talking about. And again, it's a soft sale. The, the lead is warm, they've been reading like they might have read three or four of your articles, and they're pretty much convinced they're gonna pay you money before they even contact you.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. I mean that's this is something I've noticed happen to me recently is I've been being introduced as the podcast guy. And like in my head, I know like real podcast guys. So like, I'm like, I'm not the podcast guy, but they're like, I read your blog and all this great advice. And I'm like, yeah, all right. I've established trust now, which is good because I've launched a podcasting course and I I hope, you know, I want people to buy it. So I hope they trust me enough. But I think you're so right. And I think it's amazing, um, you know, telling your life story. It gives people something to relate to you already, right? And I'm a super extroverted person, so like I could talk forever to anybody about anything. Um, but, you know, when people come up to me at conferences and they're like, that picture that you posted of your daughter was so sweet and it's great that you both like the Yankees or whatever, even though I'm a Red Sox fan, um, like the, it, it gives them something now now that we've connected to on more than just like a business transactional basis. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, I guess these websites don't always have that whole story, but Mm -hmm. even in some cases, if like, if, if we go down the cigar example and you were, you own a local cigar store and we, we had a website on this, I might say to you, actually let's edit this existing article and put in this intro about your history with this, you know, maybe like your father was involved in that industry and, and you're really passionate about it now and something. And I mean I rank I guess what I rank is like the 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 basic site and from there you can do anything with it that's the best part of of having a website
0: Yeah for sure that's awesome I really think I want to first of all all cigar websites suck like I don't know <laughs> what goes on in that industry but they're all terrible um so if I can improve that industry in any way <laughs> I want to. Um yep. but I think that's amazing. And like you definitely struck a chord there cuz like my dad doesn't smoke but I got into cigars because of my grandfather. Um so like that's like you know it's a nice personal touch point. Um but man we are we've been talking for a while. Uh as we wrap up here maybe can you give the listeners one or two tips on if they want to start a resource site. It's probably going to be something you've mentioned already but um If they want to start a resource site, what's the first two steps that they should take?
1: If you're going to start a resource site, what I would say is be very clear on your niche. So make sure that you know what you want to build that site about. And then brainstorm on every topic that maybe even you wish you knew about before you started researching. You know, if if you're experienced, sometimes you can forget this type of thing, but Kind of try and remember back to when you were a complete beginner or maybe even ask a friend on, uh, on what they wish they knew and just write everything down. Just note everything down, note everything down, take notes. And then when you have kind of a bunch of notes and some coherent different topics, group everything together and then go to your keyword research tools. Awesome. And from, from there, honestly, I would just simplify, simplify, simplify. So try and you might kind of, you might have hundreds of pages. Um, just try and reduce that down until you've got like a nice little potent list of pages or blog posts.
0: Yeah, that's great. And then it makes the, the, the project uh, less overwhelming too, right? Saying I got to make 100 pages or saying I got to make 10 pages or 20 or whatever. Totally different. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Some of
1: my rank and rent websites are 10 pages.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. And just for clarification, is there like a, an about page or is it like all focused, potent content?
1: I'm thinking through my, through my sites. My affiliate sites all have about pages. Okay. Some of my rank and rent sites have service pages Okay. where they've, they've asked to add Pages sure. on afterwards. Yeah. I'm not even sure any of them have about pages. Interesting. This is right. this is what I mean. Like keep it
0: simple. Yeah, right. Interesting. All the
1: con all the contact details are in the header and the footer and the and the author box. And I mean, what do you need an about page for?
0: Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Before we leave today, I do need to ask you my favorite question, which is uh, and I'll preface this by saying it doesn't have to be an actual secret. It could be like a good piece of advice that you don't think anybody takes. Uh, do you have any trade secrets for us?
1: Hmm. Once you have a website that's established, you know, if you have produced a website that has really great content and you want to get links, go to helperreporter.com and sign up and try and make it a habit to reply to like, uh, it depends on how much free time you have. Make it a habit to reply to one a day, one a week. doesn't matter. Just make it a habit. Um, it feels like a hell of a waste of time, but it compounds.
0: Oh man, that's such great advice. I was following Haro for, or help a reporter out for a while. And then I stopped and I just recently thought about doing it again. So now you are absolutely giving me the push I needed to sign up again.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm all about habits. It's super difficult because you kind of put all this effort in and you don't get anything back for ages. Um, and as you learn how the system works and you keep doing it, you get, you get traction.
0: Interesting. Awesome. Well, Jace, this has been such an amazing episode. Uh, we covered a lot of ground. I really appreciate uh, your advice, but also like how deliberate you were with your, with your words. I really like that. Cause I usually just talk until something good comes out and I feel like you really thought about what you were saying. So this was a great episode. If people want to learn more, where can they find you?
1: Um, so my personal website is jacerodley.com and um, my business is rank defender. So that's rankdefender.com.
0: All right. I will link to both of those and lots of stuff that we talked about in the show notes over at howIbuilt.it. Jace, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me, Joy.
0: Thanks so much to Jace for joining us this week. Uh, he has lots of, just lots of great advice. Um, I've started using Haro Helper Reporter out because of him and Uh, I am still dialing in my pitch, but uh, I think that it's a great resource. So reply to one a day or one a week. Just make a habit of it. I think that's really good because you do need to establish yourself as an expert. And going into 2021, I will definitely have more information about that. Now, there were lots of other takeaways here. If you want to get just a list of takeaways delivered to your inbox, you can sign up for the Build Something Weekly Newsletter over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. That's howibuilt.it slash subscribe. You'll get lots of information over there for all of the show notes, as well as another opt-in form for Build Something Weekly. You can head over to howibuilt.it slash 194. You'll find everything we talked about, as well as our sponsors for this week's episode. Yes, Please Coffee, iThemes, and Hostinger. Thanks so much to them. The show would not be able to happen without them. And, of course, it wouldn't be able to happen without you, dear listener. So thanks so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something.